Pax et Bona. Prepare yourself for a new episode of the Independent Catholic Podcast with Father Chris Bashaw, Franciscan friar, independent Catholic priest, registered nurse, parent and grandparent. The Independent Catholic explores our independent and Roman Catholic roots and their traditions in a modern world. Let's be honest, looking at the ways and people live, they ought to obtain eternal fire insurance soon. The Independent Catholic address is how to live a Catholic life in a messed up world. Join us, walk with faith, speak with conviction, and act with God's love, and then they'll know we are Catholics by our love. Yes, they will know we are Catholics by our love. Pass it on. Today my bank made a big mistake, but I forgave them. My server spilled water on me, but I forgave him. My toddler drew lipstick on the wall. Was I ever mad? It got me thinking. I can forgive my bank and my server, but I'm upset with my own kid? I mean, what's most important here? So, tonight, the two of us are doing lipstick art. On paper. Forgiveness is in you. Pass it on. From PassItOn.com. Hello and welcome to The Independent Catholic, a podcast that looks at our culture, history, and teachings of our Roman and independent Catholic traditions. I'm Father Chris Basha, an independent Catholic priest, Franciscan friar, parent, grandpa, and registered nurse. In today's episode, we will talk about the Catholic faith's stance on abortion. Recent abortion laws are adding urgency to this weekend's women's rights protest. Various solidarity rallies were held across the Southland, including a huge one in downtown L.A. CBS 2's Jake Reiner was there. The theme of the day at the Women's March in downtown Los Angeles and across the country, reproductive rights. This is a fight for our lives. Not the church, not the state. Women must decide their fate. Do we want the U.S. Supreme Court to keep abortion safe and legal and affordable and available? Activists and celebrities like Gloria Allred, Maria Shriver, Raven Simone, and Christine Lottie all stepped to the mic to encourage the crowd to step up. Lawmakers in Texas do not get to decide what a woman's decision is. It's not theirs, it's not the church's, it's not any lawmaker, it is hers. Thousands gathered for the Focus on the Family event in Times Square. During this pro-life rally, a doctor performed a 4D ultrasound showing an unborn baby in the womb. But before that, Cardinal Dolan, New York's Archbishop, away in Lourdes, France, delivered a video message. You all are a living witness that every life matters. Your life matters. The, 
the lives of the unborn, the elderly, the immigrant, the disabled, they matter. Among the speakers was 37-year-old Christina Bennett of the Family Institute in Connecticut. She says her own mother was about to abort her until a last-minute change of heart. She was in the hospital. She had the robe on. She paid for the abortion. But a janitor mopping the floor stopped what she was doing, looked at her and said, do you want to have this baby? And she said yes. As a teenager, I did abort my baby. And Planned Parenthood told me that when I wake up tomorrow, things will be like they were the day before. And my life has never been the same. I have grieved the loss of my babies for 40 years. Before enduring the rally, there were counter demonstrations, including politicians and leaders of reproductive rights organizations who defended New York's Reproductive Health Act and the state's progressive reputation. That New York continues to be a pro choice city. And while we recognize people will come to disrupt a woman's right to abortion, we are here to fight back every single day. Abortion. It's a button pushing topic, especially here in America. Now, the definition of abortion is that it is the deliberate termination of a human pregnancy, most often performed during the first 28 weeks of said pregnancy. But while a majority of America's 51 million Catholics believe abortion should be legal in all or in most cases, their views are not advocated for by the church hierarchy. According to the Pew Research Center, currently, nationally, 61% say abortion should be legal in all or in most cases. Well, 37% say it should be illegal in all or most cases. About three quarters of white evangelical Protestants, technically 74%, think abortion should be illegal in all or most cases. And by contrast, 84% of religiously unaffiliated Americans say abortion should be legal in all or most cases, as do 66% of black Protestants, 60% of white Protestants who are not evangelical, and 56% of Catholics. A vast majority of Catholics practice behaviors denounced by the Catholic hierarchy such as birth control, having oral sex, and supporting abortion, while they still practice Catholicism faithfully. The Catechism of the Catholic Church states, since the first century, the Church has affirmed the moral evil of every procured abortion. This teaching has not changed and remains unchangeable. Now, that may be the catechism of the Catholic Church, but it's not exactly true, though. What is fair to say is that the Catholic Church has always leaned anti-abortion. History does not support that its position has been unchangeable throughout the past two millennia. Rather, the lives and writings of Catholic saints and papal decisions show that the Church has adapted its position on abortion many, many times throughout history. So, 
What does the Catholic Church teach us about abortion? Stay tuned after this public service announcement and we'll address this question. Jesus commanded his disciples to go forth and preach the gospel to all nations. This they did, in word and in deed. Have you been wondering what your special vocation is? You might be called to the married life to raise children, perhaps you will be called to the single life to serve your neighbor, or perhaps God is calling you to serve as a Franciscan friar, deacon, or priest. The Independent Catholic Church of the Americas is a family of communities that expresses its Catholic faith. Deeply committed to maintaining our Catholic tradition that has been handed down to us through the millennia, the Independent Catholic Church of the Americas as an ecclesiastical body invests her time, energy, and resources into ministerial formation, the support of the clergy, and the growth of our faith communities. For more information contact the Chancellor of the Independent Catholic Church of the Americas and the Diocese of New England at 508-817-7753. The Independent Catholic Church of the Americas is not affiliated with the Roman Catholic Church. You're listening to The Independent Catholic. So what does the Catholic Church actually teach about abortion? The belief that life begins at conception and is a gift from God is what the Catholic Church teaches and that Abortion in and of itself is never acceptable under any circumstance. Therefore, according to the teachings of the church, abortion is considered a kind of murder and is a violation of the biblical injunction, thou shalt not kill. Through the Donanum Vitae, which is um, the instruction of, on the respect for the human life in its origin and the dignity of procreation, that it was issued in February 22nd, 1987 by the Congregation for the Doctrine of Faith. This addresses the biomedical issues from the Roman Catholic Church's perspectives. And within that, the church teaches, and I quote, human life is sacred because from its beginning, it involves the creative action of God and remains forever in a special relationship with the Creator. Who is the sole end? God alone is the Lord of life from its beginning until its end, and no one under any circumstances claim for himself the right directly to destroy an innocent human being. End quote. So if we go back to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, it shares with us, and I quote, since the first century, the church has affirmed the moral evil of every procured abortion. This teaching has not changed and remains unchangeable. Direct abortion, that is to say abortion willed either as an end or a means, is gravely contrary to moral law, end quote. So when did abortion itself become a sin? Well, if we go back to the 15th century and to St. Antonius, the Archbishop of Florence, he defended abortions that were medically necessary for pregnant women so long as they occurred before ensoulment. 
Now, St. Antonius himself was not a controversial figure of his time. The Pope of the time declared him to be a brilliant theologian and a popular speaker. And Antonius's view was shared by many other influential theologians of the day. Writings from the time show that abortion was a widespread and largely socially acceptable practice, and in some cases, supported by church leaders. The church's longest held belief on this matter is one of, quote, delayed hominization, end quote, or that a fetus could not gain a soul until it was formed. Abortion was legal in the early days of the Roman Catholic Church for both males and females in uterus. In the first 40 days of pregnancy, male fetuses could not be aborted. And in the first 80 to 90 days of pregnancy, female fetuses could not be aborted. Now, I'm not sure how they could tell the exact number of days back at that time, but that's the standard that they used. Now, St. Thomas Aquinas, one of our major heavyweights in the Catholic Church, around the 13th century, took after Aristotle and believed that being formed enough for ensoulment happened right around 40 days for males and 80 days for females. More commonly, ensoulment was deemed to happen at the quickening, the moment when the pregnant woman first feels her child move. And this normally occurs around 18 weeks into the pregnancy. While Catholic law may have frowned upon abortion, it ruled that it was only homicide if it occurred after the fetus gained a human soul. Things changed in the late 1580s, when Pope Sixtus V came into power. It was in 1588 that Pope Sixtus V issued a papal bull and proclaimed that all abortions were murder, and the punishment for this crime was excommunication that could only be lifted by traveling to Rome to beg for forgiveness. He even went so far as to decree that anyone who used contraception was also punished by excommunication. However, according to history, Sixtus V seemed to be casual in enforcing this bull and frequently granted special dispensations to bishops to handle these matters for themselves and did not wish for any woman who procured an abortion to be treated as if they had committed homicide itself. This hardline stance on abortion lasted for only about three years. In 1591, there was a new pope, Gregory XIV, who reversed the decision, declaring that abortion to only be homicide if it took place after ensoulment, which he determined took place 166 days into a pregnancy or well over about halfway through that second trimester. Now, this decision lasted for 200, 
178 years until Pope Pius IX reversed the decision yet again in 1869 and made abortion after contraception a sin that automatically excommunicated those involved in its procurement from the Catholic Church itself. Now, there are only nine sins that have automatic excommunication as a punishment. This new ruling elevated abortion to the same level of sinfulness as if you were to punch the Pope. Think about that. And most recently, according to the, quote, ethical and religious directives for Catholic health care services, end quote, published by the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, they define abortion as, quote, directly intended termination of pregnancy before viability or the directly intended destruction of a viable fetus, end quote. In other words, the Catholic Church in the United States forbids any action that has, as its sole and direct purpose, the ending of human life in the womb. Abortion is prohibited regardless of whether an unborn baby is viable or can survive outside the womb. Instead, the bishops say that the unborn should be protected from the moment of contact of conception. This embraces the idea that Catholics should embrace life and not destroy it, even in the most difficult of situations such as rape or incest. So we've talked about some different time periods throughout history when life was considered to begin, and it involved Ensoulment. But the question really goes back to when does life begin? Well, stay tuned. And after this public service announcement, we'll tell you what we found out for an answer for this. Asked what kind of family she wanted. She said, a family like yours. Learn more about adopting a teen at AdoptUSKids.org. You can't imagine the reward. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. You're listening to The Independent Catholic. So when does life begin? We, we've heard some various dates thrown out throughout history as we were discussing abortion and the history within the Catholic Church. Well, according to science and the Carnegie strategies of human embryonic development and human sexual reproduction, a new human life they consider begins at fertilization or conception. The Carnegie stages of early human embryonic development were formally instituted in 1942 by the National Museum of Health and Medicine's Human Developmental Anatomy Center a secular government organization that's part of the National Institute of Health. What the standard does not address is the aspect of the soul. And when the soul enters the body, a.k.a. ensoulment. In both religion and philosophy, 
Ensoulment itself is the moment at which a human gains a soul. Some belief systems maintain that a soul is newly created within the developing child, especially in those religions that believe in reincarnation. They believe that the soul is pre-existing and added at a particular stage of development. But what do Catholics believe about ensoulment? If we go back to Aristotle, 384 to 322 B.C., it was widely believed that the human soul entered the forming body at 40 days for males and 90 days for females, and that the quickening was an indiction, or indication of the presence of the soul. Now, other religious view, views are that ensoulment happens at the moment of conception. While others believe that when a child takes their first breath after being born, that's when life begins. And yet others believe it begins at the formation of the nervous system and the brain, or at least at the first detectable sign of brain activity. And yet there are others who believe that when the fetus is able to survive independently of the uterus, what we call the age of viability, is when life actually begins. Now, the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists have done some research and have found that based off in viability and gestational age, they've come up with the following. At 26 weeks of pregnancy, a fetus reaches its last week within that second trimester. And the odds for viability at this point are between 86 and 89%. Now, just a week before that, at 25 weeks, the fetus has around a 67 to 76% chance of viability. And if we go to 24 weeks, doctors typically consider this 24-week mark to be the point of potential viability, though at that age, survival is still far from guaranteed. Fetal viability at 24 weeks will range from 42 to 59%. And this is, again, according to the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. Now, there have been some other studies at 24 weeks, and they found that the chance for survival could run as high as 68%. At 23 weeks, babies born at this time typically only have a 23 to 27% chance of survival. And if they're born at 22 weeks or earlier, the chances of viability before 23 weeks can be as low as 5 to 6%. While all births that occur before the third trimester pose extremely high risks, the odds of survival increase significantly at or around 24 weeks. Now, more recently, Catholic teachings, and they come from Pope Benedict XVI back in November of 2010, state that, quote, from the moment of conception, life must be guarded with the greatest of care. You see, it's not the accumulation of necessarily biological material, but rather a new living being, dynamic, dynamic, 
and marvelously ordered, a new individual of the human species begins. This is what Jesus was in Mary's womb, and this is what we all were within our mother's womb. At the same time, Catholic teachings have acknowledged that we don't know when the embryo itself becomes a human being, when it becomes a human person, or when ensoulment actually takes place. And probability itself may not be used where life of a human person may be involved. So it might begin then, it probably begins in, this isn't clear enough for us. The human being itself must be treated as a person from the point of conception based off of current Catholic teachings. In relation to elective abortion, Pope John Paul II wrote about insolment in his 1985 encyclical letter, Evangelum Vitae. And in that he states, and I quote, Throughout Christianity, 2,000 years of history, this same doctrine of condemning all direct abortions has been constantly taught by the fathers of the church and by her pastors and doctors. Even scientific and philosophical discussions about the precise moment of the infusion of the spiritual soul have never given rise to any hesitation about the moral condemnation of abortion, end quote. While the church has always condemned abortion with varying degrees of emphasis, changing beliefs about the moment the embryo gains a human soul have led to their stated reasons for such condemnation and classification of abortion within the canon law codes, and they have changed over time. Because if we look at the Eastern Orthodox Church, it teaches that ensoulment occurs at 21 days. Now, the Jewish view of ensoulment has various degrees of fellowship, if you will. They, some believe that the soul comes into the body when the embryo is already formed. And it may, that belief could change to the soul enters the body only at birth. And some belief in Judaism put the soul coming into the body even later than birth itself, saying that it occurs when the child first answers, Amen. The rabbis, in fact, across the board, have formulated no fully developed theory or timing or nature of ensoulment. It's been suggested that the reason that they've done this is not that they're more concerned about the exact moment of ensoulment, but that they don't believe in a strict separation of soul from body. So with this to think about, we have the biological aspect of an embryo being conceived, fertilization of the egg by the sperm, and it's growing within the womb, typically nine months till birth. 
This is just, if you will, for lack of a better word, is the meat suit of the human being. The human being does not become a human until the soul joins the body. And as you can see, there's been much debate of when that actually happens. And there's still no one defining answer for that. So one question that comes up is, what about ectopic pregnancies and in cases where a woman's life might be at risk? Is abortion allowed then? We'll try to answer that question following this public service announcement. St. Joseph Cupertino Independent Catholic Church, your spiritual home away from home. The Independent Catholic Church of the Americas is a family of communities that expresses its Catholic faith, deeply committed to maintaining our Catholic tradition that has been handed down to us through the millennia. The Independent Catholic Church of the Americas is an ecclesiastical body which invests her time, energy, and resources into ministerial formation, the support of the clergy, and the growth of our faith communities. Have you been looking for a place to call home? Need a place that makes you feel welcome and valued? At St. Joseph Cupertino Independent Catholic Church, in Fall River, Massachusetts, our community is waiting for people just like you to find their way home. We invite you to visit during one of our Sunday services to discover how the St. Joseph Cupertino Parish can help you spread your wings in our friendly environment. Visit St. Joseph Cupertino Independent Catholic Church this Sunday for our 10 a.m. service, located at 742 Rock Street, in Fall River, Massachusetts. For more information call at 508-493-1434. The Independent Catholic Church of the Americas and St. Joseph Cupertino Independent Catholic Church are not affiliated with the Roman Catholic Church or the Roman Catholic Diocese of Fall River. You're listening to The Independent Catholic. Welcome back. So what about ectopic pregnancies and in cases where a woman's life might be at risk when we're talking about abortion? Believe it or not, a Catholic woman is allowed to undergo life-saving treatment, even if it means that her unborn baby will die indirectly as a result of that treatment. And this is according to the U.S. Bishop's Directives. The intention and action here it's to save the mother's life, and it's not to end the baby's life via abortion or a directly intended termination of the pregnancy. Operations, treatments, and medications that have as their direct purpose the cure to proportionately serious pathological conditions of the pregnant woman are permitted when they cannot be safely postponed until the child is born or is viable, even if they result in the death of an unborn child. And this is per those directives. The bishops also address ectopic or extrauterine pregnancies that are life-threatening to the mother and include that in this.
Now, what if someone does choose to get an abortion and follows through with it? What is the stance of the church at that point? Well, the Catholic Church offers forgiveness and mercy for those involved with an abortion. The church does not thereby intend to restrict the scope of said mercy. And that's from the catechism. But instead, they want to make clear the gravity of the crime committed, the irreparable harm done to the innocent who is put to death, as well as to the parents and the whole of society. The Catholic Church Members of the church, the laity, the clergy, it is not up to us to judge someone who has had an abortion, and it is not up to us to shame someone who has had an abortion. No, for us, it's all about forgiveness and mercy. And it's always good to pray for the soul of the aborted, and to pray for the healing of those involved with the abortion, the mother, possibly the father, or those performing said abortion. Think about that. It is not up to us to condemn them for having an abortion. Countless victims of human trafficking walk among us, invisible until now. The Blue Campaign provides a unified voice for those who work to combat human trafficking. It's time to open our eyes. Learn what you can do by visiting dhs.gov slash blue campaign. Welcome back to the Independent Catholic. Well, welcome back. We've been discussing abortion. We've been discussing history of abortion within the church. We've been discussing some of the flip-flop Um, emphasis that has been placed on abortion over its history. It's clear that history in regards to abortion in the Catholic Church, it's muddied at best. Now, God gave us each free will so that we can make our own decisions. I can't tell you what to do. I can't tell you what's right and what's wrong. I've never had an abortion. I'm not a woman. But what I can do is share my thoughts. Now, my choice is pro-life. My choice is that there should not be an abortion unless, and this is where my medical nursing comes in, it involves putting the mother at risk for imminent death. And it's definitely not to be used as a form of birth control. But again, I'm not a rape or an incest victim. And in those cases, that is a choice that I leave to the mother. I will support the mother in her decisions, be it pro-pregnancy or pro-abortion. Remember, it's about mercy. It's about benevolence. It's not about judging or shaming. We are all God's children. We are all sinners in some form or another. 
So I want you to think about this. I want you to actually have some open discussion within your parish, amongst your peers. Look at church doctrine. Look at our current laws. Look at your life. What are your values? What are your ethics? I, it's not for me to condemn someone else. You know, it goes back, if, if you don't want an abortion, don't get an abortion. Lead by example. Think about this. And I want to thank you for listening to the podcast, The Independent Catholic, with your host, me, Chris Bashaw. I'm going to leave you with one last quote. And this comes from a Roman Catholic nun. And to me, it carries quite a bit of weight in my decision making. I'll let you make your own judgments from this point on. Pax Abonum. I not believe that just because you're opposed to abortion, that makes you pro-life. In fact, I think in many cases, your morality is deeply lacking if all you want is a child born but not a child fed, not a child educated, not a child housed. Roman Catholic sister, Joan Chittister, continued by noting those views aren't pro-life at all. That's pro-birth, she said, adding that society could benefit from a broader, more complex conversation on the subject. I do not believe that just because you're opposed to abortion, that makes you pro-life, she shared. In fact, I think in many cases, your morality is deeply lacking if all you want is a child born but not a child fed, not a child educated, not a child housed, Chittister continued by noting those views aren't pro-life at all. That's pro-birth, she said adding that society could benefit from a broader, more complex conversation on the subject. Although this interview took place in 2004, it's frightening yet unsurprising that Chittister's words are still relevant. Joan Dougherty Chittister, O.S.B., is an American Benedictine nun, theologian, author, and speaker. She has served as Benedictine Prioress and Benedictine Federation President president of the Leadership Conference of Women Religious, and co-chair of the Global Peace Initiative of Women. This is Father Chris signing off. Remember, act justly, love with mercy, and walk humbly with God. Baxa Bonum.